When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Yes, hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Vic. As we know, it's international break, so me and Ben haven't got a game to dissect for you guys. But instead, we have got another ex-player interview. He joins the likes of Paul Robinson and Marlon King to be interviewed by us. Uh, I'm delighted to say we've got Jordan Stewart on the uh, on the podcast. Now, first things first, before we talk the football side of things, Jordan, how's, uh, how's coronavirus and lockdown and all that? How's that treating you over in uh, over in California, you, you, you lucky bugger? <laughs> <laughs> I would say lucky because you can't enjoy the sunshine. Well, well the good thing is you can... It's not, it's not being cold, so you can go outside more and like go on walks and go to the go to the park with kids. But I think it's the same everywhere, right? It's like just mm. you're trying to trying to do as much as possible, as safely as possible. So that's all me and <clears throat> that's all me and my family have been trying to do. But yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm hoping I can get the vaccine soon and then uh, we can get back to some kind of normality or as close as possible. Yeah, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Now, get, start... get some fans in the stadiums. Oh, mate, don't, it's been so horrible. And it's typical that we do bloody well this season and we can't be there to enjoy. I mean, I know, but... It's crazy, it's crazy that, like, because when I used to like, have pre-season games and I, sometimes there'd be in stadiums and obviously there's no fans. Yeah. yeah. Just, just the, the vibe is not the same. So, like, well, doing that in proper games is, like, it must be the worst. Yeah, well, when it first started, it, it sort of felt like it was sort of had that pre-season vibe. I mean, they, they we're lucky enough to some fans, they trialled it when the tier stages over here, some fans were able to go. And I know Ben was lucky enough, you were lucky enough to go to, was it two games, Ben, you went to in the end? Or... Uh, just the one game. So just I was able one. to go to see Rotherham at home on a Tuesday yeah. night where I was allowed to go. <laughs> 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 Tuesday night, sounds just cold. Just, <laughs> just from the <laughs> It was very cold. It was January as well. Whenever you try cold, to explain but... about like winter games, it's either like someone like Rotherham or like Blackpool away on a Tuesday. Yeah, night. yeah, yeah man, in November. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, let's start off with with obviously you talking about Watford. You joined in two thousand and five from Leicester City, and you was a uh, Eddie Boothroyd's first signing in the club. How, how did the move come about? It was it, to be fair, it's a crazy story because yeah. I had I think I had a year left at Leicester City. Um, was playing, not all the time, in and out. And the new manager that came in to Leicester, um, what was his name now? <laughs> Craig Levine or something. I can't remember his, his name. 
Scottish guy, but me and him didn't really connect from the from the off. Um, and then I think he wanted to bring in his own kind of like players, which was fair enough. So I remember I was at, at my friend's house and I got a call from AD. And at the time I didn't know who AD was or anything like that. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, Leicester's agreed a 125,000 uh, transfer for you. So I was like, who's this, sorry? And he's like, oh, it's AD Bufo. And I was like, like from what? He's like, oh, from right, I'm the, the, the manager at Watford. So I rang, I was like, can I ring you back? So I rang up my agent straight away. I was like, this guy, Eddie Bufo, just says, uh, Leicester's accepted a bid for me. So he's like, okay, leave it with me. He spoke to Leicester and then rang me back. He's like, yeah, they've accepted uh, a bid. Why don't you just go and speak to him? And he was living in Bromsgrove and obviously I was living in Birmingham. Um, so we met at some some hotel over in like Bromsgrove. Um, so I went, went and met him and he's like, listen, uh, you probably don't know much about me. Um, I know you play left back. I just want you to attack. I don't worry about defending, just attack. If they score four, we're going to score five. That's it. I'm going to sign you three years. This is a contract. We're going to like build a team and we're just going to just like just keep attacking. So obviously left back attacking because <laughs> at the time I was always trying to bomb on. And I think a lot of some coaches that I played under before, it was obviously just just stay, stay left back and kind of just, just be there and defend, which was not really me, especially coming from my passive, like being a left winger and those kind of things. And so just hearing that, I was like, you know what? Might as well. Leicester don't want me, so let's go and sign. I think at the time we was we was one of the favourites to go down to Division One. Um so yeah, that that was that was had a story of me me signing and um obviously started bringing in other signees. Yeah, I was gonna say so Leicester actually finished fifteenth in a championship that's uh, championship that season. Watford finished 18th so was it Craig Levine coming in and him not really fancying you or you not really getting getting him and then the call from AD just worked out at the right time for you I think I think Levine like we just didn't get on for whatever reason I'd, I'd maybe and then we never had like an argument or anything but you, you know you sometimes you just you know the vibe of a, of a yeah. manager right almost straight away um and then, like I said, he was bringing in his own his own players that he wanted to kind of like build around, which was fair enough. Um, but for me, it was more, I would have rather like just had a conversation. And then he said, well, you're not in my plans. Um, if anyone comes in for you or if you decide that you want to want to leave, like do that. Like, rather than just getting a, a cold call from a manager, like <laughs> just out of the blue, right? <laughs> so, but for me, it was it was it was more of like, Speak because the, before that I've, I'd had managers that I've kind of not really had. You respected the manager, but didn't really have like a dialogue like Martin O'Neill's. Peter Taylor was probably the closest version of that. Mm. Um, but previous managers were kind of like they're the manager. You'd speak to like the assistant coach or anything, and that was kind of your bond towards what the manager was thinking. Whereas with AD, it was kind of the first time it seemed, even though he was the manager, he could still understand where I was coming from. So it was. It was more the fact of AD was the uh, was the one that got me to Watford rather than Watford itself, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned there, obviously, there was quite a few players that come in and I know Ben's question is going to sort of focus more on the individuals. But with yourself, you'd played a combined total of 38 games in the Premier League for Leicester between 1999 and 2003-04 season. Yeah. Uh, and I know you scored against Man City as well. Um, did you feel that you could bring some real know-how into the dressing room coming into sort of the unknown, really? Um, I think... I think because I was still fairly young um, and obviously had experience in the in the Premiership, mm. but for me it was just like a new challenge. And like I said before, like having eighty, like just kind of know that he's in my corner, like thinking, okay, cool. Like our objective, and he's like, we, our objective is to get promoted. Like not, uh, we we'll build around and then kind of see where we're at. It was like first, like this season, we, we're trying to rebuild and we're trying to get promoted. So for me, I'm like. I'm all in. Like as soon as you tell me that, I'm like I'm I'm all in. And obviously the stuff he was telling me during during the meeting, I was like, okay, cool. I'm I'm on board. And he mentioned a couple a couple uh, people that he was looking to sign. So I was like, so it's something new. Um, obviously, Watford is known for like that that family environment, kind of a bit like Leicester. Um, so I, at the end of the day, I was just like, cool. I'm all in. Let's let's do it. And obviously, did I expect us to to get promoted? That season, I'm not sure. I think when you when you start anywhere new, right? It's always you. you that's that's what you're you're driving towards. But ultimately, yeah. you know, there's especially in championships, so many games and so many variables. Yeah. You lose like three games, like you, the positions is like four or five positions, and then same vice versa, right? If you win three or four games, you you jump up like four or five spots. So I just knew how volatile the championship was, and knew if we kind of got in that groove, then we could we could uh, have more possibility of getting promoted. We we saw a few players coming in with like points to prove. Maybe we saw the likes of Marlon Keane to come in. Hendo yeah. came in. Carl Carlo, yeah. Springy, Ben Foster was <clears> new <throat> to the game as well. Yeah. And then an experienced head with Malky McCoy. Is that what you kind of needed that season? Just to throw lots of people in who got points to prove this season. Um, I think it's a mix. I think yeah, the. People did have a point to prove. Um, all quality players, um, and then just building on the, the the squad that was initially there, right? But I think obviously Aiden was Aiden was the, the driving force of because you can have a group of people together. But my time, and I always say like my time at Watford was one of the best for me because just that that group that bond, like everyone was together. Um, I remember listening to a podcast or uh, interviewed like Dan Shitu done and. And I, I think you were saying like, listen, guys that are not playing, you're the most important because you're you're the because normally when you're not playing, you know what it's like you're just on the bench thinking, ah, oh, I'm, I want to, well maybe you not want them to lose, but I don't yeah. want them to play well because I want to I want to play take all, your the spot. Manager, all the yeah, all the, <laughs> yeah. manager, all the managers like I want them to get a sack or something like that, you know what I mean? And I think that especially young, as you get older, it's it's not really like that. But when you're young, you just, you just want to play and. A lot of the times, managers didn't really give reasons for for not playing. Yeah, so for me, it was just that that bond that was like so strong. Like we would go out and like have events, go out for drinks and that kind of stuff. So just the bond of the team was so strong. Yeah. I think Marlon touched upon that when we we interviewed him. He just said it was just a special unit, just everyone just built into the ideas, and he's not experienced that anywhere else where he went in his career. Oh, even even we had a, a sports psychologist. Um, his name will come in. Keith Mincher. 
So <clears throat> he he basically came in and was kind of like the sports psychologist, but not not in a way where it was like just he had his own room and like you'd, you'd sit down on one to one. It was like just you'd speak to him on a training field or you'd speak to him in a dressing room and that kind of stuff. And then him and AD would like break the season down into like six game uh, compartments. So then in those six games, you'd say, okay, how many points are you going to get out of those six games? Everyone would agree on a, a point system. And then they say, okay, I think the first one was like, if you reach, I don't know, 15 points or something like that, you, you'll get like a, a PlayStation and a, a TV for the games room. And then <laughs> we kept doing it. And then every, every time it was getting more and more. And I think one of the ones was, okay, then if, if we win, if we get the, the accumulation of points, we get a trip to Dubai for international break. And I think the winner, we got it when we beat Coventry away. I think it was 3-0. And Marlon King scored in one of his celebrations like pretending to be on the deck chair. <laughs> <laughs> so just stuff like that where everyone was accountable. And they'll do things like we'd have means on a Monday and everyone's name on a big piece of uh, white, white paper was all around uh, like our meeting room. And it would be like broken down on what you, what you did well. Like, so say, Jordan Stewart, what you did well, what you could have done better. And then everyone else is going to each other's paper and then doing what they've done. So it's like, it's no one's talking behind each other's back. It's like literally there. And then you'd go to your paper and you'd be like, yeah, I agree with this or I disagree with this. So there's accountability like all across the board, which is, I've never experienced that anywhere else. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you, you can have clicks or someone's like, oh, yeah, he's not doing his job. But hit, at that time, it was like, it's on the board there. <laughs> this is what the whole team didn't think he did well. So like, you can't be like, ah, oh, nah, it's the manager's talking crap. So that was, yeah. for me, that was, and I've, I've never had nothing like that. And like when it comes to like man management, like if I was to ever like do coaching and that kind of stuff, I would try and implement that, even though I'd never want to be a coach. But <laughs> if I did... <laughs> If he was forced into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I was after the lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In that particular season, I'm sort of maybe jumping ahead a little bit. Was there a particular game that season where you thought, okay, this is it, like we're we're the real deal now, like we 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 got we we're going up? Not not nothing that springs to mind. I think it was just a case of like what well, I touched on before, where it was you we knew if we just especially when we was breaking it down into, into those six games, we knew if we was hitting those markers, then yeah. we'd kind of, we'd know we was on the, on the right uh, path to, to get promotion. Um, and then it was just like, just, just belief really. And just when you just have, uh, like I said, that our squad and just like knowing that we just rolling with the momentum, we was just like going on, going on, going on. We just, we knew we was going to be successful and probably, I don't know, towards the back end, um, and then even when we got in the playoffs, I think when we when we beat Palace away, we was like, and even even when we went into final, like Leeds Leeds was still favourite, but in yeah. our minds, like the game was like we'd already won. Yeah, let's fast forward even more to a playoff final then, which you just talked about. A lot of yeah. former players have said about <laughs> you won the game in the tunnel. Yeah, um, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. <laughs> you was looking across to the Leeds um, opposition in the tunnel, and I think they, they, were, they were shitting their pants, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so we were. So during the during the playoffs, another thing that uh, AD and Keith Minchie did was they'd done like this big uh, collage of like different people scoring goals, tackles, and all that kind of stuff. So we'd we'd have a meeting before the games, um, and then they'd play play this 
play this video is about, I don't know, like seven, eight minutes long. And then afterwards, like, it'd be like, come on, let's, let's do what we need to do. Get to the stadium. And then you'd have like a speaker and it'd be like all these different quotes from like, I don't know, uh, Gladiator, uh, Any Given Sunday, like all these little things. And then show obviously the people scoring goals and all So we was like, we was gassed. We was like hyped before the game. And we'd all be like saying like work time, work time. And then before every game, we'd have a circle and then uh, one player would do the speech and it'd be a different person each time. But you'd have some, obviously some players that don't like to talk or just more reserved. But even even they would do it because they knew that as a squad, no one was going to be laughing and that like it was just, OK, let's say your piece and then we're still backing you. So, um, yeah, before the game and then we went in the tunnel, I remember it was just like, I think there's clips where you just all you hear is like work time, work time, let's go, boys. And like the Leeds guys are like looking over us like, why these guys are crazy. <laughs> but like from there, like we knew just just by doing that kind of stuff and like looking at them and seeing how they're acting, that like, the game was already won. Mm. And we we done that all throughout the season. And just it's amazing, like, and obviously you have fires, and I think Tyson mentioned it before when he you go into uh, a ring and then you look into the person's eyes, he knew right there and then that that the soul was destroyed just by just how he was so I think I think things like that where people don't really know um helped us a lot for sure what were the celebrations like that night I've imagined it was quite messy (laughs) (laughs) if you look at if you look at that um the the picture where it's got like winners playoff winners I'm not even in it because I'm already, I'm already in the changing room, like drinking the champagne. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny because we, I, by the time we left, got on the coach, I was already drunk. Like we got back on the coach, and then we was going back to the hotel. So we went back to the hotel, and then we had like a big dinner, um, and then obviously players that was with their wives and their kids was kind of like staying local, and the rest of all the single guys were like going out in Cardiff. And everyone's like, yeah. So we hired a bus, went out in Cardiff, <laughs> just got absolutely bladdered. And then obviously the next day, everyone's all like just quiet on the bus because everyone's just hung over. So yeah, it was a, it was good times. I can't imagine the Brilliant. scene. Some of the players, like you got Kingy, you got Youngy, Hendo. That must have been some absolute madness of a nightmare. It was just like, even like just when we got back in the change room, there's like champers flying everywhere. Yeah. And like mixing that. And I think Carlin was like one of the sponsors. So there's Carlin. And I didn't even drink beer back then. Yeah. So I'm like, just imagine like playing nine minutes, you dehydrated, and you're <laughs> yeah, back in like champagne, beer. beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not like, oh, here's a protein shake. It's like, where's the champagne? <laughs> Sounds like my Sunday <laughs> league career, that does. <laughs> um, so obviously, it, it was a brilliant outcome for all of us. I mean, but that was 2006. I was, I was, I think, six years old. So like, even for me back then, it was crazy. So obviously, we got to the Premier League. You were a Premier League player once more, the first time since so 304 season. How yeah. did that make you feel? Like, surely the, the sense oh, of pride must have been... Like, yeah, yeah, because that's ultimately when you're a pro footballer, that's where you want to play in the best league, right? And the best league was the Prem. And obviously, you're playing against all these, all these great names, like all these great, great uh, teams. Arsenal's, Man U's, Chelsea was 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 coming back into the fold. So for me, it was great. But it's just, 
I think why we, why we maybe one of the reasons we got relegated is because I, I felt like AD kind of like changed his tactics a bit. Okay. Where it was like it was more going for like stats of okay, then <clears throat> let's get the ball in the final third and. 67% of goals have come from like throw-ins or, or corners in the final third. So we got hung on like just putting it, putting it in the corner. Like even on the, the, the training pitches, we'd have like where the where the, the sidelines were, we'd have like a eight-yard like dyed line. It was called like quality street. And every time, like, say me as a left back, got the ball, it's like, okay, put it in like quality street, like with a bit of bend or like with a bit of backspin. Or if the centre midfielders are wanting to like put in the horseshoe, which was basically the corner flag and like 10 yards and like done a little arc. <laughs> and that was like putting the horseshoe. So literally it was like, we went from, and obviously in championship, it was a bit direct with like Hendo and obviously uh, Kingy, but in the Premier League, people are smart. Like defenders are smart and that kind of thing. So it got to a stage where I think one game, I remember we was playing, uh, was playing Arsenal. I remember I got the ball and I've obviously like <laughs> put it down quite in the street. And Henri is like, looked at me, he's like, why you play like this? Why you not play football? <laughs> I was like, hey, if I don't do this, I'm not playing. So I'm just gonna, I don't want to play like this, but that, <laughs> that's what the manager wants. So I think that was kind of like one of the downfalls because like people knew what he was going to do. So they just like dropped off and just, just got the ball and just, Played a played rounder, so it it was good in that in the sense of like being in the prem. But I think we could have done things like better to kind of had a better chance to stay in the prem for sure. I think at the start of the season we signed Chris Powell as well, and the vastly experienced mid uh, left back was was this like you thinking, oh, he's he's coming in to take my spot, or I can learn a lot from him? Um, no, to me, like it. it like at the at the stage, it was obviously you want to play, but ultimately you want to do what's best for the for the team, right? So if Pauli was coming in and the gaffer picked him ahead of me and he was playing well, then I got no qualms, you know what I mean? Um, and Pauli was a guy that would kind of like be teaching me stuff, and he's not. It wouldn't be like I'm taking your spot and I'm not going to give you like no knowledge or nothing like that. He's always because yeah. he was older than me. He'd always like give me knowledge and that kind of stuff. So there's never, with me and Paolo, there was never no like bitterness there or anything like that. It was kind of like whoever's playing is playing and then uh, the other person will, will help them along or just, just be ready to to play. So that was kind of our relationship. So there was, there was never no aid, knocking on AD's door be like, why not playing kind of thing. Mm. Oh, sorry for him on his debut for Watford, wasn't it? Away to Everton <laughs> and the ball hit his chest and they gave a penalty or something. Yeah, well, there's no VAR back there, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Um, during the Premier League campaign, you were linked with a move to Rangers. Was was that just paper talk or was there any truth in that? No, it was true. Because I, uh, I was linked when I was at Leicester mm. and Bassett kind of kind of squashed that. Um, and I've... <laughs> yeah, another long story. Um, <laughs> But then uh, when I was at Watford, I was coming into my, uh, I think, was that the final year of my of my contract? Or I had like a year left or something like that. And I, I think we briefly talked, me and Aidy, and I think the the, the first contract, like, was, didn't, we didn't get agreed. Um, so I think, obviously, 
you know, obviously back then agents and like teams talking that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, that was that was definitely uh, true. Interesting. Was it was it close or was it just just that? <clears throat> no, it never got to. It never got to like just interest. Like that. It was just interest. Yeah. 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 And yeah, for whatever reason, that was all. That's all it stayed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you played 31 times for Watford in the Prem. Um, had it involved much since the time you played there for Leicester? I know it wasn't. It was just a short period of time, but did yeah. it involve much? Well, oh, maybe yeah, for three with long throws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. I think every year, even even now, like just it gets better and better, right? Just better, better players come in, uh, more tactics, like different managers with different uh, ideas. Um, so I think every year, and obviously there's more money being pumped, pumped into the into the league, so you can invest in whatever way, wherever it's backroom staff, like scouting players, stadiums. So I think every time you have a chance to to play in the Prem, um, obviously each year is going to get better. So for me, it was I was just happy to to be in the Prem, but just like I said, it was kind of just it just I was happy, but just the way we was playing mm. didn't. I wasn't happy with, if that makes sense. I don't know if that translated through to the to the fans, but just me personally, um, I thought we could have done, but done. Even if it was to go down, just do it in a better way yeah. than just kind of the way he was going with the long ball scenario. Yeah, well, I mean, you mentioned obviously, unfortunately, the, the short periods of time which were in the Premier League did only last for one season. We obviously, as you said, we sort of come out of nowhere the season before to go up. Um, Quite a start to the 0708 season for you. Uh, now, I remember I was in Blackpool on holiday and I was watching this game in the pub with my dad. And um, we was, I think we was behind to Wolves. And then you've just sort of <laughs> pulled out this pile driver from what, 25, 30 yards? And we'll, we'll say 30. We'll say 30. Yeah, we'll say 30. Yeah, yeah. We'll go 35 if you want. We'll, we'll meet you no, halfway. No, 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 no. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's gone in. I mean, that's what is surely that's the best goal you've scored, right? I, I've not seen the one against City that you scored, the other goal that you've got. But I've, I've, hey, I've scored a few bangers. I've yeah. scored a few. My best goal was probably when I was at, at Derby against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I think it oh, was. Okay, okay. Um, like same, like probably about thirty yards. Yeah. Like zinged it top corner, mm-hmm. um, and it was the it was a night uh, we was gonna have our Christmas party afterwards. So, <laughs> oh, even better then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because. <laughs> It's a good way to end the game for sure. Uh, what was the uh, what was the celebration about? Obviously, we saw that celebration against Wolves. I've I've watched the clip back. What what was that? So, about? so there was a song out at a time called "I'm Crispy," uh, okay. and that was his that was his dance moves where he was like. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember saying like, anytime I was going to score, that was going to be the celebrations. <laughs> and the thing is, the week the week going into that, like, because normally you know you do set pieces and all that mm. kind of stuff. And I was never, never on set plays, but we had this uh, kicking coach come in that was, um, I think he'd done like kicking coaching for like rugby players. Oh, okay. um, but then AD wanted to, to come in because I don't know the exact reason, but he had this guy come in anyway. So he was, he was, he was showing us how to like, like just how to hit the ball and kind of like get more velocity on it. So like me and like AD Mariapa, Dan Shiu, we used to like, after training, like do like free kicks, like mess around and that. And obviously try and like do the knuckleball and that. So I remember it was far out and I was just, I think, I can't remember who I told I was like, I'm just going to take a shot. 
And the probably the bench was probably thinking, "What's he doing?" <laughs> was he standing over it? Yeah. <laughs> was, it was he lining up like the wall or something? <laughs> was there a deflection on it? Because still to this yeah, day, yeah, people. There's a, there's a yeah. slight deflection off. Uh, I think it was Jay Boothroy. Oh, um, see, I'd be claiming that it's his shoulder. We're still going in. Still yeah, going exactly. In. Just, yeah, yeah. You still got the goal. It wasn't an own goal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You just yeah, yeah. more towards the top bin. <laughs> now, you alluded to a little bit uh, a minute ago, obviously, with the contract chalks. You couldn't really uh, agree with, with AD. But unfortunately, in 2008, your you time with Watford did come to an early end and you agreed that your contract could end and that allowed you to then join Derby County. Was it a case of needing a fresh challenge elsewhere? Is that, is that why you moved on? Well, because at, st- at the start of that season, when we got when we went down, um, obviously me and Aidy was in talks. And then it'd literally be, it'd be like, Jordan, come, come to my office, like after, like, let's have a talk. So yeah. go to his office and he like, hand me the contract. And obviously I'm, I'm a left back, like I'm not, played a lot of games for the club, not expecting to like be top earner or mm-hmm. Marlon King or Joby McEnough money, kind of stuff like that. But just the same way it, it, I felt like he was, it was just um, so it'd, it'd come to me and like I'd be like, "Hey, dude, this is not gonna work." <laughs> so it's like, "Okay, then, like, get back to me." So then, a couple months later, Jordan come and see me, and he went on like that for about I don't know about three, four months. And then I think the last time I was like, "Hey, dude, let's just let's just wait to end the season mm-hmm. um, because just coming back and forth, it's just it's just gonna create more friction." Yeah. Let's just wait to the end of the season and then just see see where we're both at. Um, and then he was like, okay. And then I think he brought in Matt Sadler. Oh, um, yes. And then I remember we was playing, I think he was playing Scunthorpe away. And Friday you're doing all shape and all that kind of stuff. And then I wasn't wasn't in the starting 11. So I was like, I was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was pissed. I was like, so I went to see him. I was like, AD was like, What's the reason? Um, like I'm, like I'm not playing, not starting. He's like, well, I gotta start preparing for for next season. And obviously, you haven't signed a contract. I was like, yeah, but we already mentioned that we're gonna wait to the end of the season. Um, he's like, yeah, but I gotta rebuild. And I was like, well, so you're not playing him ahead of me on like on merit. On like he's done better. You're just playing because you want to start evolving for for next season. I was like. That doesn't to me that doesn't make sense. No. Um, so it's probably best like I don't I don't travel. Um, and he's like, well, what if he gets injured? Um, and I was like, yeah, I understand that. But if you've already just told me it's for next year, then obviously I've got to look after myself because yeah. I'm in the last year of my contract. Mm. Um, so he's like, okay, then uh, go home for the weekend, and then we'll kind of. Uh, I think we was having the Monday after so Tuesday we'll, we'll talk about it <clears throat> and I remember I went home on a weekend and Monday because everyone was off anyway the drug people come in and okay. <laughs> I wasn't there so I got a warning like oh. from the drug people <laughs> so I, I think you only needed two within two years and you get like banned so obviously I was pissed about that as well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Tuesday comes he's like listen uh, I had to think about it and obviously talked before that we're gonna um we, we're looking to evolve for next year and the contract you was last offered that's that's the best we can do 
So I was like, okay, like no problem. He's like, you can come in a train um, or you can just kind of like just relax at home and then just see what happens. So I said, I'm just going to wait at home. So he had started ringing, uh, agents started ringing clubs. And then, because uh, Derby County wanted to sign me in January. Oh, okay. like, <clears throat> Paul Jewell rang me and was trying to get the deal done before five o'clock. Um, but... They, they couldn't get the deal done. I don't I don't know if a lot of people <laughs> people knew that, but didn't get the deal done. Um, Deadline day, was it? Yeah. And I think it, okay. for me, it, I weren't that fussed because I think it was the year that they got the least amount of points in the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have it, it been good. It would have been good to like to play more games in the Prem, but like I didn't mind waiting till, uh, <laughs> till the end of the season, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just... Spoke spoke to them again, and then yeah, done done the deal. Um, and it was a, it was a case of new new club, like three year deal. So was, for me, it was kind of I had I had that uh, stability. Um, so so yeah, it, it, it worked out. I would have liked to stay at Watford, um, but sometimes that's just business, right? Like you, yeah. the club have a, a certain uh, amount that they want to spend or need to spend on each position. Um, and we just couldn't agree that terms. Like, I, it wasn't any bad feeling towards AD or anything like that. Because when I moved over here, um, I had him be one of my references for to get my green card and that. Um, so I've, I've never had like a bad bad feeling towards AD. It's just literally just business. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of the things. And fortunately, I got the opportunity to to go to another team. So. Yeah, well, just before we move on to some quickfire questions, I mentioned earlier we've spoken to Marlon King on the podcast before, and usually we we get listeners to send in questions, but this time we we mix it up a little bit. And uh, and Ben Ben asked Marlon for any questions or stories that he may have on you. Uh, I, I can see your face; you sort of just dropping as as I'm, as I'm saying this at the moment. To be fair, though, he's uh, he's give you quite a glowing reference, Jordy. He said uh, he said great character, life at a party and. Dressing room, a very good player, and you can always rely on him. But he did send two questions. Now, Ben, do you want to do you want to fire Jordan the first question that uh, that Marlon asked? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, he wanted to know: um, Did you buy a Lambo before we got promoted and the wages went up? Because when you boys travelled back to the training ground from London, uh, at London Colony, back from Cardiff, there was a Lambo delivered. Is, is that correct, <laughs> Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, was it a Lambo? Was it a Lambo? I don't know if it was a Lambo or a Porsche, but <laughs> it might be. It might actually. It might. It might have been a Lambo because uh, Carlos Saba was the guy that brought it down for me, and I remember him. I wanted it uh, wrapped like matte black, so it looked like the the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, <laughs> the thing, the thing is, I was getting the car before we got promoted obviously young like stupid like just single just okay i want a nice car and and then i was speaking to car side because he was he i knew him before and he was getting into the car business and kind of like getting good deals so yeah i um i purchased a a lamborghini guarda (laughs) with a with a tube exhaust in uh in a matte black <laughs> and if you go to Watford training ground, I don't obviously not now, mm. but the, I don't know if it's still there. You had like a long uh, driveway, so I remember, and there was no like speed bumps and everything. So I just get in the car, just go. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, that was my, uh, that was my, uh, my wild years. <laughs> Not a bad a car. Stick from the boys when they turned up off the coach and there was a Lambo there. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it probably, probably is another reason probably AD didn't want to give me no money because he probably thought <laughs> well, he had it. Yeah. <laughs> he thought he don't need no money. He's got a Lambo on the front here. Yeah, exactly. Black Lambo, yeah. AD is... <laughs> Eddie's driving in like a just a normal Mercedes like C glass company car and I'm just <laughs> I'm rolling like twenty-six <laughs> with a Lambo. So probably yeah. thought I'd have made it. and and the other question he's asked is uh, who's the better dancer, you or Maps? Oh me, hundred percent. Oh, like that. Love that. Even even Maps will tell you. Yeah. Maps will tell you. I'm, the only person that I would say that might be better than me is Lee Williamson. Oh right, okay. I didn't expect these names to crop up. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, we look, we look and dance. We yeah. Look and dance. yeah. Well, I, I, I got no moves no more, man. I'm <laughs> all right. I'm into a nightclub or nothing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm out of practice as well. I keep telling myself <laughs> that anyway. Um, <laughs> on a side note, actually, with Mariapa, he's uh, he's played his made his fifties fiftieth cap for uh, for Jamaica tonight. I think they're playing against USA. Yeah, so, they're playing uh, against USA, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fair play What's to him. Uh, I think it was nil nil when we started recording. Uh, but I think USA were all over them. So, yeah, hopefully it's stayed respectable. I thought you'd be more in touch with that side, living in California at the moment, John. Yeah, I know. Yeah. To be fair, like, just... When it comes to, like, international games, I watch them now and then. Uh, but most of the time, I just, I just like, I watch the Prem games on a weekend. Because yeah. over here, they... I'm watching on obviously. Yeah. They... To be fair, they, they don't show like a lot of the championship games. Ah, yeah. It's all it's all like Prem games on NBCSN. Um the only good thing is they show like the all the games. You know, like in England, you have to wait till match of the day comes on at night. Yeah. Whereas in in uh, over here they show all the games. I had, a, I had a chance to play for Jamaica as well when I was at I think I was at just as I signed for Derby. Oh okay. They wanted me to sign, but I remember I hear a bunch of not signed, but to um, represent them. Mm. <clears throat> but I heard like a, a bunch of stories that when players were going, there was like no balls. Like Do you know what I heard, training, um... anything like that. So I was just like, why am I traveling <laughs> all, all this way for that? Getting back on a Thursday, and you know what it was like back then. It was like <clears throat> if you play for your country and you come back on a Thursday, mm. the coach didn't want to play on a Saturday. Yeah. Because ah, oh, you got jet lag or whatever, and because it was far, so I was like, I didn't want to jeopardize playing for my club. Yeah, big uh, risk. Going, going to play for playing for Jamaica, and I think just at the time they just wasn't at the stage of where it was kind of like run, run correctly. Yeah, I, I, I briefly remember <laughs> we going a bit off topic here, but briefly remember watching an Instagram live with Marlon King and Danny Haynes, and I think Marlon was pretty much saying what you said, the the, yeah. the sort of facilities that you went when you went to Jamaica, just non-existent compared to the rest off, of yeah. people. So, uh, on the other side, no, they're, they're currently losing 2-1 to uh, to USA, unfortunately. Okay. Um, right, we, we've got some quick-fire questions that we're going we, to <clears> end <throat> on. Uh, I'm going to yeah. start. So, um, trickiest winger you've ever played against? Yeah, I remember we played. We played them. Um, I was at Leicester. We was playing three-five-two. I was playing wing back, and it was at Highbury. Obviously, tight, it's tight stadium, yeah. and they had Lauren and Pires. I remember coming in at half time, and I thought that dizzy. <laughs> I had to put my feet, just put my boots, just in cold water, 
and the physios give me jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was for me. That's the that's the best player I've played against. Obviously, there's there's Henri and that, but just me face to face is Pires for sure. Even more it's than hot- Cristiano, because I thought I felt like Cristiano during that time, he was he had the tricks in that, but he wasn't as effective as Pires. Still learning his trade. Exactly. Yeah. What's the hardest side that you've came against, physically-wise? Oh, physically? Pff, I don't know, maybe like a Stoke, something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah. It's just like the land of giants. Like, everyone was like six foot one, six foot two. Like, just, yeah, the lap just launching balls in from every angle. Like, just it was just, it was constant. Like, you just play Stoke and it's like, you already knew. You just, it was like, I know what this is going to be like. <laughs> it's just it was it, it just it was horrible, man. It was just horrible games to play in. Yeah. It was just launching balls like Sadibi and like who was the other guy there at the front? They didn't have oh, um Adiakin Boy back then as well, did they? Mm, I think he was there, but obviously I was with with Adi uh Leicester, strongest oh, man ever. Oh mate, he's uh absolutely Strong, strongest man in football I've ever known. Yeah, even I don't know if you played with Akin Fenway, but he, he's a he's a big guy, surely. He's a big guy, but think if you look at like AD, like he's got power and speed. Okay. So yeah. like he's agile, but when I mean this, I remember we played. I was at Leicester, and we played uh, Derby County, mm. and it all went off after the game. <laughs> And AD, AD is in there, and this the tunnel is just going side to side. And like, so I think someone tried to like grab him, and he oh just God. grabbed them back, and the guy couldn't move. Jesus, brave, brave man. Um, who would you say the best player you've played with in your career is? Um, in your career and at Watford as well, unless it's the same person. In career, I would say Muzzy is it mm-hmm. when I was at Leicester. Um, and then at Watford, Ashley Young, yeah, quality player. Yeah, and then you can see from from what he's done following Watford. You know what I mean? Uh, he's always evolved, and even now at, at Inter Milan, um, so, like left foot, right foot, could play left wing, right wing, mm. up top in the hole, like technique, like every. He looks so slight, but. So fast and just got like his his fear just like incredible, um, and on top of that, just like super nice guy. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say Youngie without a shadow of a doubt. What a career he's had as well. He, he's actually oh. linked with a, a move back to Watford in the summer. He's actually he's I think he's came out and said that he wants to come back to England and finish his career with Watford. So yeah, no, I did, I did a I did a interview with him on the show that that we do Vova, um, and he was mentioning like he didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the end of the year um obviously he hoped that they won the won the league and then you kind of assess assess it from there but if he does fingers crossed get yeah, back, get back to the big <laughs> get them shirt uh, sales going favorite ground to play at pardon favorite ground to play at Probably say Old Trafford, yeah. Even though it's like one of the one of the worst places to go, <laughs> especially when like we was playing them back then, because you know I hardly had the ball. But just atmosphere and 
Like when they scored, like just I remember when Ruben Nistro scored one goal, and I'll never forget it. And all you heard was just like, Rude. and it was just like just echoing like <laughs> seventy five thousand people just like saying this is just like, yeah, is it? It, it was intimidating like place to go, in, but yeah, it's, you can't beat atmospheres like that. You got so many people like it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, time. tough to beat. Um, quickest player you've played against and with. Quickest player I've played against would probably be Gabby. Gabby Igbonaho. Oh, yeah. Yeah, rapid he was. Rapid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was... He was... Because he was at Watford as well when... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. I was there, so he might be Gabby again there. But speed beyond belief. Mm. Like that... Like, speed like Adama Chori, where it's just like... If this... But obviously, because Adama Chori plays on a wing, mm. you see more... Whereas Gabby was playing up top. Um, but speed was just... Pff. I remember one time I was at Watford, we played Villa at home. And there was a break and I think it was off a corner. And I'm obviously running. I was not the fastest, but fast enough. And he was just... <laughs> <laughs> My head's just like... <laughs> at Watford. And Youngy was up there. Youngy was quick. Um... I think when we always done like the the four yard tests and all that, Youngie was there. Surprisingly, Kingy was up there as well. Anthony McNamee, um, and then I tell you, he was up there. You would be surprised, Hendo. Hendo, okay. Yeah. Forty yard on the forty yard sprints. I don't know if he's like the way he opens his gate or whatever, but he was. He was always up there, and I was like, "What's going on here?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "He's cheating. He's doing. He's doing something." <laughs> Intimidation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You <laughs> probably told the person on the clock. It's probably intern. It's like you best like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you best change some numbers. <laughs> Who's the worst trainer that you've had during the week? But he would turn it on in a match day and be like the best player on the on the pitch. Did you have one of those? Because I've, I've heard people say like Carlos uh, Carlos Tevez for Man United. He was dreadful during the week training, but match day, it was unbelievable. It was anyone that you played with similar to that? I'm trying to think who who comes to mind. Let me think. I'm trying to think who. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you, goalie Ian Walker. Like this yeah. guy was the <laughs> he was just coming in the morning like sh- no matter whether like shorts flip-flops like shades just like just chill and then we do like shooting practice after and he just sometimes he just wouldn't even die for it so it got to the stage of like we was like like walks just go in like just bring in like the, <laughs> the reserve goalkeeper in the third string to like because obviously they're gonna try and save him <laughs> so I think when it comes to like goalies and that I'd probably say like walks was he was up there, but in in a game, he was he was lights out all the time. Yeah. So yeah, I'd probably say walks. Anyone else, I don't didn't really like toss it off as much because most of the time when you have people like that, they don't they don't last. Especially at my standard, obviously the man using that they can yeah, they can get away with money. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're getting they're getting big money, so you can't just move them on. But kind of like the level I was playing at, if you did that, you'd be on your bike anyway. So mm. they never they never lasted. It's funny uh, you mentioned said, the... who is, oh, yeah, who is the worst trainer at Watford? Oh, 
and we hope they don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who is the worst? <laughs> trying to get... <laughs> another thing because we had a good good squad of players who kind of like never. I get Sometimes, the impression that Boothroyd wouldn't let you be sort of nothing training. He, he wouldn't. Bollocky, I feel wouldn't. like King, out of anyone, Kingy got the longest leash out yeah. of everybody. Like, sometimes if he, if he weren't feeling it, like, the gaffer would just, like, not say nothing. You know what I mean? So he he, he definitely had the longest uh, leash out of all of us. Because, I, hey, when you're goal scoring, you're banging in goals. That's what happens, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could turn up and do it. It's funny you mentioned uh, Ian Walker, because my, my next question was, who's the best goalkeeper you've played with? I've had some goalkeepers as well. I've had, like, Tim Flowers, Ian Walker, Ben Foster. Yeah, Fuzzy's class. Mark Poon, Derby. Oh, he was good at Even at... Even before, like a uh, Casey Keller at Leicester. Casey Keller, God, yeah, that name rings. Some different difficult players to uh, nail down there, isn't it? I probably, <clears throat> I think for all round, like I'd probably have to say Fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Just for like his kicking ability and that. I'm not and. Walks would kind of be a close second. Mm-hmm. But I just think Fuzzy could kind of, he could hit the same ball as Walks, but further. Yeah. Like he had a he had a bigger leg on him. And he was still agile, even though he was a big goalkeeper. Um, and we always used to tease him because he had a huge head. But he, could <laughs> still, he, could, he could still get down and like, uh, like save, save balls and that kind of stuff. So I probably have to say Fuzzy. Who is who do you reckon, in your opinion, is the best left back in the world right now? Whew. Jeez, that's tough. <laughs> We've not given you easy ones, have we? Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's because you're not playing any tour, otherwise you'd say yourself, man. You've got to back yourself, <laughs> any. <isn't it? Yeah. laughs> When I was go- when I was growing up, I had Ashley Cole in front of me, so oh, yeah. <laughs> I was never going to be number one. <laughs> I don't know. Man. How about the Prem then? In the Prem right now, because you, you say you watch Premier League football still. Yeah, obviously you got like Robinson, and even like Luke Shaw now is like is yeah. is is in great form. You know what I mean? Um, because it's tough because there's so many aspects, right? Some people might say someone like Robert Cern because he gets forward and can obviously like whipping a great ball and that. Um, but I don't know who's the better defender. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough because the, the left-back role has evolved so much over the years. It's, so, it's, it's not just it's defending. So different, now, you know what I mean? Like I said before, like with me, it was most of, well, most of the time with left-backs, it was... Stay in, stay in your hole and kind of like wait for your opportunities to kind of like go forward. Or if the right back's gone, make sure you stay as a three. Whereas now it's kind of both of you guys push on and we have like a holding midfielder that's that would be the three. Um, worst case scenario, we, we showed them wide. Mm. So it's, it's definitely changed uh, over the years. I'd, I'd rather be playing now for sure. 
<laughs> I'll be able to get I'll probably get more assists and a few more goals. I don't know. I'd probably So I used to think Chilwell was was good at Leicester, but I think defending wise I don't he seemed a bit mm. not suspect, but just not as not as good um defending wise. So I'll probably at the minute I'll probably say sure, just in current form. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Uh, the player that's probably surprised you the most, like you thought he's he's better than I expected him to be. <clears throat> what played with or, or just in general? Uh, played with. I'd probably say at Watford, yeah? Yeah. Let me think. I'd probably say Springy. Because, like, I just knew he was just, like, midfielder, like, thought he was just, like, a hard-working, like, midfielder, like, bucks-to-bucks kind of thing. But then when you train with him and, like, his technique and, like, his, his passing, like, how he can just, like, hit diags, just left foot, right foot. Um, and then, obviously, some of the goals that he scored as well along the way. Oh, yeah. um, I'd probably say Springy for sure. And he's, he's quiet. He's a quiet guy, so... You know, it's, it's always normally the 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 quiet guys. You, like you really forget about, it. and then when you see him do certain certain things in training, like oh yeah, swing is decent. <laughs> <laughs> so probably, yeah, I say swing, yeah. yeah, it wasn't easy for him either coming um, being an ex Luton player as well. And I think he, he hit the ground running when he came to Watford, didn't he? he oh yeah, he's, him at all. he's a good player, like really good player. And I think that was probably another reason because of where he'd come from, right? Um, I don't I don't know what division it was in at the time, but um, yeah, he come in and yeah, he, he done really well. He's like obviously he's one of the mainstays that, that played most of the games. You know what I mean? Now uh, the last one is the biggest joker. I know Marlon said that you probably was, but other than yourself, who would you say the biggest joker in the changing room was? I'd imagine there's a few <laughs> suspects for this one. <laughs> ah, yeah, we, it was just we had. Like every day going into training, it was just banter, like nonstop from what people was wearing, like to so just out on the training field, like just, it was pure banter. And it was like, cause it was like me, Maps, Andy McNamee, Kingy, uh, Hendo, Jaden Merritt, Malky. Um, so one person, I don't know, it's tough. Because I was probably the most clanny guy. Like, I was just, 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 and I'm, I'm still the same. <laughs> Never growing up. Uh, <laughs> but other than me, let me think. Even the kit man. Yeah. Like, Bob, Bob like, was this funny guy. Big Bob. Richard Collins, the, uh, the physio. Uh, that's a tough one. I'll probably say... Well, the person that would give the most like stick to people and that kind of stuff would, would probably be Kingy. Kingy or Youngy. Them yeah. two was kind of like give if someone was wearing saying <laughs> they thought it was rascal, they would they would be the guys that would say, or if someone 
was like shooting and like the missile you'd he was <laughs> yeah <laughs> just silly things like that so i'd probably say, i'd probably say them two them yeah. two them together and i think they roomed together as well so there was it was even worse <laughs> yeah i can imagine i thought those were the, and, those, gavin, those were the and gavin man as well but gavin was more subtle yeah gavin man he was he would he would say something and be like oh, like dude what are you wearing <laughs> you actually played with him later on in your career, didn't you? Was you at Notts yeah, County? Notts was County. it together? Yeah, yeah. And Notts County, because I where did I? I left. I left Millwall uh, in. I done my hamstring and like the physios there was was garbage. So I was, <laughs> I, was I was out like for for the whole season. We did like a basically like a grade two tear, and my hamstring. Jesus. Cook. Long story short, just left ended up leaving there and then couldn't get a team and then gav was like i'll oh, come to nuts county it's only down the road so i was like i think that was in like a september um so yeah like me and him used to travel in together yeah. um he didn't he didn't make me pay uh petrol money so <laughs> even better even better <laughs> <laughs> well, just before we do wrap up this interview, what what does life consist of now for uh, for Jordan Shoe? What 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 are you doing after football? I know you've retired now, so what what is it you're doing at the moment? You've still got your clothing business with uh, Jolie and Lescott? Nah, we oh. uh, we stopped that. Uh, just costing too much money, having to put more money in like every year. Um, is and then obviously just sitting on inventory, and if it, obviously if it doesn't sell, then yeah. It's just you might as well just burn the whole thing down, right? So yeah, stop that. Like I retired 2017 and just kind of like took two years off, just doing playing football for like almost 20 years professionally. It's like I just wanted to just relax. Obviously, uh, was daddy daycare at home with a little one, and then decided so someone that's been outside all the time was like, I can't just keep doing this. <laughs> I can't keep just changing nappies and that kind of thing. So. Spoke to my friend Nick Swimman, who's uh, super entrepreneurial, like done a bunch of startups, including like Zappos, um, shareholding the Warriors. So he he started um, doing a few concepts that I've been involved with. Uh, one is a, a at home dozen boxing app, um, basically like boxing, strength conditioning, uh, resistance band work, and then a latest one is called Vova. So it's basically a platform for short form uh, shows or like podcasts. So say, for instance, you would go on there. <clears throat> this show would go on there instead of like a, an hour or whatever podcast. It might be just a like a 10 minute yeah. quick fire. Like this end part is quick fire round. And that would be put on the platform then. Um, so I've got my own show on there. Slimzilla Daily. So I've got I've had a couple, couple like different soccer players or footballers. Tim Howard, uh, Youngie, uh, had Dave Cochran on yesterday talking about like mental health and that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just trying to trying to stay busy, stay active, and obviously trying to use my personality in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jordan, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I really do appreciate it. I know you wasn't at Watford very long, but you've certainly given us some stories, and it's been brilliant chatting to you. So I really do appreciate it, and uh, I hope you do stay safe in uh, in these current weird times. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping by summer, because obviously, you know, the, the Cali sunshine, you know what I mean? I need to I need to get, even I'm looking a bit pale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully, uh, hopefully for us as well. You know, the, the pub's calling my name for definite, so. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah. It's, it's, 
I'm drinking more red wine inside. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I can preach you on that one, absolutely. But yeah, no, listen, Jordan, it's been absolutely superb. Thank you very, very much. Well, thanks for having me, man. No problem. Podcast Network.